Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a listener has a bizarre moment of realization when a paranormal encounter matches a very specific time and place of significance in their life. That's today. On our weekend kid-friendly edition of Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802. Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown. And quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And it is an 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. You can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you really want to support our show, help keep us on the air. We greatly appreciate that. Become an extra podcast person for yourself. Maybe make it a uh, early Christmas gift to yourself. Maybe make it a uh, gift for someone who loves ghosts. Give the gift of ghosts. As I always say, an annual membership. You get one month free when you sign up for that. All you have to do is just go to patreon.com slash real ghost stories or ghostpodcast.com. Create yourself an account there uh, and uh, then get yourself signed up. Then pass along the uh, username and pass to whoever in a card and say, here you go. You're going to get some of the best ghost stories you've ever heard. Enjoy binging away. Uh, because we all need uh, an escape this year. So it's kind of a unique idea, unique, fun gift. I know a lot of people who said they've gotten it for gifts and just absolutely love it. So uh, thought for the uh, the holidays. Uh, again, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. The places you can do just that. It's the weekend edition of Real Ghost Stories Online. And with that, it's, of course, our kid-friendly edition of the program as well, where we will do our best not to uh, scare too much or swear uh tony and harper brisky joining you hi hi and how are you this fine day as we get closer and closer to uh christmas uh and the most and all that. wonderful holiday of all yeah you're getting excited for it 
I sure am. That's good. We got a elf on the shelf. We got to wake him up. <laughs> yeah. And some days he's he's doing stuff, and some days he's not. It seems to correlate with days that you and your sister are getting into little bits of arguments. So I think he doesn't like that. Let's not mention that on the show. Okay, we won't mention it on the show. But I think there's a correlation there. Just saying. So, anyway. I hit myself in the lip with the microphone. You got to be more careful. Microphones are dangerous and we can't go to the hospital right now. So, no microphone injuries. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us let's go to our first letter of the day it says hey there i just recently found your podcast and i absolutely love it i have uh, always been drawn to the paranormal story since i can remember as a young child i used to have an imaginary grandpa which would freak my mother out her father was my only surviving grandparent and he passed when i was a year old as soon as i could talk i would talk about my grandpa she always believed i was sensitive to paranormal things the story I want to tell you today, though, is about my mother who passed back in November 2011. She and I were awfully close, and her passing hit me extremely hard. I had lost my best friend and confident. She passed the week before Thanksgiving, and I was very depressed through the holidays not having her there. She loved Thanksgiving and Christmas, so it just made those holidays that much harder to get through. In February, my friends kept asking me what I planned on doing for my birthday in March, but I just kept putting it off, still not in the mood to celebrate anything. The night before my birthday, I laid down to sleep and had my two little dogs in bed with me. I realized in the morning it would be the first birthday ever that my mom would not be the first one to tell me a happy birthday. I ended up crying myself to sleep that night. I awoke to my two little dogs barking insistently. I looked around and saw nothing that would be making them bark. They were never the ones to bark much anyway, and how they were constantly barking nonstop was freaking me out. They were not reacting to anything. They were simply sitting on the bed just barking. They were not staring in any one area or direction as I tried to quiet them. I realized my big outside dogs are barking too, and just the same, an instant bark or insistent bark. I figured at this point, little ones were only barking because the big dogs outside were barking. I just knew if I could get them to stop outside, then the little ones would stop and I could get back to sleep. Now, my big dogs are outside with my goats, so sometimes they would bark to ward off something they heard or saw. This night was different. It was not like the other times they would bark. It was just a nonstop bark. I went to my window that faced the goat pen and raised the window to holler at them. They just kept barking. I knew I was going to have to go out there and see what was going on because all four dogs were not letting up on the barking. At this point, I was extremely annoyed because the whole situation was not making any sense to me. I turned to find my shoes and I happened to glance at the clock beside my bed and I froze. My heart started beating fast. I was in disbelief at this point. My clock read 12.58 a.m., which was the exact time I was born on my birthday. I stood there, still frozen, and said out loud, Oh my God. As soon as I said that, Acknowledging the time, all four dogs immediately stopped barking at the same time, and it was a deafening silence. Chills came over me, then the warmth, and I could not help but smile while still being completely freaked out. I knew at that moment my mom was still the first one to tell me a happy birthday. I still smile and get chills when I talk about this, and have only shared with a few of my closest friends and brothers. I felt compelled to send this to you after listening to other stories. Thank you for taking the time to read my story, and I look forward to becoming an EPP member very soon. 
Well, that's kind of interesting when you have a passed away mom that's still trying to say happy birthday while she's dead. And for the time to match up and to influence the dogs. But what my mind goes into is the logistics of how is this how is this working out? How is the mom doing this? Because the ultimate goal is to time this so your daughter looks at the clock and has the realization of the time and the day. But how you get that living person to point A from point A to point B is I think a little bit tricky if you're dead. So is she there where is she like just waving around and the dogs can see her and she knows that nobody else can see her. And then she knows how to calm the dogs down. The second the daughter looks at the clock, is she controlling the dogs in some other way, shape or form? I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, your dogs and you know how to get them excited. And you also know how to shut them up really quick too. Is she doing that? Is she like sitting there going, Look, clock, clock, come here, come here, come here, come here. But nobody's seeing this but the dogs. And then the second the daughter realizes, it's like, shh, quiet, good dogs, good dogs. And then they just be quiet. I mean, because otherwise you go on the, the, the road of, you know, are the dogs possessed? Are they this or that? But I think that almost, it adds more complexity to the situation than is probably really going on. Can dogs see ghosts? The that's the yeah I I would if I were to guess I would say they can see ghosts they can see more than we can I think they sense more they're more empathic than people I that's why we have dogs that they can tell when we're stressed out and we don't have to say a word to them they will just walk over to you and they will lay on you they will um they'll be pushing their your arms so you put your arm around them because they sometimes will end up feeling the feelings you're feeling and they don't know why. But just when you want a hug, they're going to want a hug. So then it ends up working out well because you're both giving hugs and you're being something to each other. And and animals sense those things. They sense, they sense those things much stronger than people. So in all likelihood, there's many times where animals will see things that we cannot it's kind of creepy because sometimes um, I'll be going to bed and almost half asleep and then Sting will just look around the room and then almost growl. Yeah. And it freaks me out like, is he seeing something that I'm not? I don't know. Because it's kind of scaring me. Sometimes they'll growl at, at things that are not paranormal, but just they feel out of the ordinary. And your room has quite a draft in it with the air conditioner. Um, so he may just be sensing that and going, this is weird. Um, but I don't know. I mean, animals tend to sense things and they're there. They will protect you, but they'll also let you know what's going on. And sometimes that's what they do. I'm not saying that I, I, I've gotten no weird vibes in our house at all. The house is pretty much brand new. Um, it's three years old. So unless they're buried on bodies, which I guess there's a very distinct possibility. Actually, there's not a great possibility, but um, I, I don't think that that we have a haunted house. I'm not trying to say that. Mm -hmm. It's just it freaks me out. Sure. Animals do that sometimes, though, and you'll never have anything weird happen to you yourself. I've had animals do that my entire life. I have a question for everybody. Yeah. Does, does your dog look out the window in the mornings? 
because I'll have my curtain mm-hmm. like almost partly shut and then he'll keep on going to the window. Sure. He's looking out your window and he's looking at the animals. He's looking at the cows in the field over there. And animals get up earlier than people usually. So he's probably looking out there going, I really got to pee. I really got to pee. I hope she wakes up soon because I really got to pee. <sighs> Wake up soon, Harper. I got to pee. Uh, I got to pee. I got to pee. I really got to pee. Please, please let me up, Harper. I got to pee. I and, know, but he also does that at night. Yeah. Well, he's just keeping an eye out for you. He's he's protecting you. That's what he's, his role is. And he's there to be your buddy. And part of being your buddy when your dog is protecting the people. So he's just looking around, checking out the surroundings, and that's what they do. See anything creepy? Although he is kind of like Scooby Doo, so if he did, <laughs> if he did see something, I think he would be like hiding under your bed. He'd be like, "I saw a ghost," and there he is. He's gone. I don't have a under the bed. I have, I have a trundle. That's true. So he'd be like even more confused. You'd be like, "I can't get under the bed. What am I going to do?" And he'd jump up and probably go underneath your blankets, yeah. leaving you to see the ghost. Protect me from the ghost, Harper. <laughs> I always kind of view him as being like Scooby-Doo because he's kind of like that. Yeah. He acts kind of brave. And then like the second, like anything questionable comes, oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, 855-853-4802. Our number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our next letter. It says, this series of events happened somewhere in the Philippines while I was working there over five years ago. The place where I work is called The Campus by Insiders. It is a proper official sounding name, of course, but that is what we all call it. It made us feel, well, insiders. Besides, it's shorter. In the early 90s, pioneers hacked, hewed, and chopped out a clearing in the forest with only a few army uh, tents as shelters. They started operations at the campus. It's about 500 meters away from a highway across a wooden bridge that spans a narrow creek. Coffee trees line at least 20 meters or so of the road leading to the front and only gate. It's not really secluded because there's a small community along the road and it's only about 20 minutes by car along the highway to another town and about 10 minutes to another town. When I got there more than a decade later to take up my position as a resident IT guy, the army tents are replaced by concrete buildings and manicured lawns and landscaping. But the same forest still surrounded its three sides, held at bay by 15-foot walls. It's a pity that the wall could only keep out the trees because it sure let in other things that I could describe only as supernatural. For one, there's a lady in white who likes to take a stroll in the garden in the middle of the campus just before or after midnight. I've not seen her myself during the whole stay, but a lot of people did, including one woman who I really admire for honesty. There's another entity that took up residence in the motor pool. They say that this one likes to make noise at night by banging on the steel grills that served as walls on two sides of the building, so I decided to check this one out personally. In the motor pool is an upstairs room with several bunk beds where the mechanics and drivers are housed. I requested from the residents that I stay there for the, for the night to confirm, to confirm for myself the existence of the resident poltergeist as I was made more than welcome. Later that night, while we were talk, taking a pass on time, there was an unmistakable sound of something striking the grills. I turned on the lights inside and outside the motor pool itself and went to the windows, which overlooked the whole area, but saw nobody. The noise came became even more intensified as if whatever it was was glad for the audience. Everyone was accounted for, so it could not have been one of us. We all went down to the noise, and it stopped. 
As the area was well lit, lit both inside and out, it was easy to see if somebody was hiding or running away, but nobody was there. My office is the most secure room on the campus because the server and other equipment are housed and stored there. The door automatically locks itself every time it is closed and you need a special key to unlock it. Only I and the director have the key to the room since we were the only authorized personnel to enter there. There's a comfortable couch in one corner for use when I work late at night and I do not feel like walking back to the men's dormitory. I often take advantage of its convenience because most of my best ideas come to me at night. It is for that reason I like working late. Oftentimes when I thought I was alone in the building, I can hear footsteps walking around the corridors on top of the floor where my office is. Even though the door and the walls are thick, a special glass window is an inset into the wall so that those in the corridor can look inside my office. If I need privacy, I can cover it with blinds. So one can distinctly hear the click of the heels as they strike the floor. It would sometimes stop at my door, but never knock. When I open the door to see who's standing out there, there would be nobody there. The corridor would be deserted. To the back of the campus are the dormitories, one for men and another for women. The men's dormitory is one long building designed like a military barrack. At the wings are the sleeping areas, and in the middle are the two shower rooms with several stalls in each room. The men's dormitory seems to be a special place in the sense that it hosts more than one distinct entity. One appears to be a poltergeist that delights in repeatedly opening and slamming the doors that lead to the showering area. These doors have doorknobs that you have to twist to open, so no imaginable kind of wind can conceivably twist the knob, swing open the door, slam it closed, then repeat the process over and over. Whenever this happened, we would all just look at each other and ignore it. The other entity is more subtle. One time, my friend woke up in the middle of the night because the lights went up. He noticed that the others were still asleep and saw me just sitting in the mattress, staring straight ahead, frowning, eyes unfocused, my arms crossed, he apparently caught me in one of my mannerisms, signifi signifying deep thought. He thought I was working out a problem in my mind and just left me be and went back to sleep. Early the next morning, he caught up with me at breakfast in the cafeteria. He joined me at my table and asked me what I was thinking about last night. I was genuinely puzzled and asked him what he meant. He told me about the previous night and I became even more confused. I told him I never left my office the previous night. In fact, I just came directly from there and just grabbed a bite before going to the dorm to take a shower. A few days later, during breakfast, I entered the dorm feeling tired after a long drive from another city where I stayed overnight. I wanted to rest there for an hour or so before going back to the office. When I went through the door, my friends stared at me funny. I asked them what their problem was. They said they did not have a problem, but they wanted to ask me how I changed my clothes so quickly. I asked them what they were talking about, and they told me they were coming back from the cafeteria and saw me walking out of the dorm wearing different clothes. They had not been inside for a minute when I walked back in wearing a new set, and I told them I just got back from another city and did not meet anyone on the road to the dorm. They didn't believe me, thinking I was pulling a prank on them, so I gave them my two-way radio and told them to contact the guard at the gate and ask if I was back yet. The guard replied that I got in only about two minutes ago. Apparently, I have a doppelganger of my own. Either that or a shapeshifter. I've not seen it for myself, and I have no idea why it was mimicking only me and nobody else. There's a lot of theories why these sorts of things are happening in a relatively new place. As far as we know, nobody died on the campus itself, so ghosts were ruled out. The most favored theory is that some spirits were disturbed when the trees were cut down to give away to the present campus, and perhaps they were expressing their displeasure by disrupting us. But that, as it may be, what we are sure of is that these strange phenomena did happen. 
not only once, but countless times during the years. Positive side, we could see uh, is that so far, nobody has been hurt by these spirits. A few weeks ago, I called a friend who still worked on the campus just to ask how they were doing with stuff. And when I asked, he assured me that the spirits are still very much restless and active and that nobody has been hurt yet. Well, I have no idea what a doppelganger is. Oh, let's learn about doppelgangers today, kids. Doppelgangers. Let me, uh, I'm going to pull up Wikipedia so I can give you, because I can give you my explanation, but I'd rather just kind of give you the straightforward explanation of, of what it is described as. Um, a doppelganger is literally otherwise known as a double walker, a biologically unrelated lookalike or a double of a living person. In fiction and mythology and in our ghost stories, a doppelganger is often portrayed as a ghostly or paranormal phenomena and usually seen as a harbinger of bad luck. Other traditions and stories equate doppelgangers with an evil twin. In modern times, the twin stranger is occasionally used. The word doppelganger is often used in a more general and neutral sense in slang to describe a person or physically resembles another person. So what we see in stories quite typically is someone like they did here in this witnessing the presence of a living person somewhere where they're not. Um, And sometimes there's interaction. Sometimes there's no interaction. Usually if there is interaction, it's very brief. Sometimes the people who have the interaction describe it as kind of odd or awkward uh, in terms of like, well, you didn't say very much. You're really quiet or you just seemed kind of off. And I just didn't, you know, I didn't push the conversation any further. Come to find out that that person wasn't anywhere near where the um, the event took place or where that interaction took place. And it's very confusing because that person wasn't there. So. Is it that person's energy that's just somehow projecting itself somewhere else? Does it just happen to be someone else that looks like that person? Um, You know, in some cases that could be argued and others it cannot because sometimes that other person seems to just vanish uh, or go into a room thinking, oh, that person went in the room and they go in there and there's nobody there. Um, So it's, it's an interesting phenomena that occurs. That's what a doppelganger is. Any questions? I have another comment. Yeah. There's so many stories about a woman in a white dress. <laughs> yeah. It's like insane how many stories there is. Are all the women who are dead in white dresses? No, but it does seem to be uh, a common thing. Uh, a lot of people uh, in, and I can answer that statistically, why that may be the case. Uh, up to a certain time in, in history, uh, people would be buried, women specifically, in their wedding gowns. So if they're coming back wearing what they were buried in, if that's how it works, in some cases that seems to be, in others it does not. As with all things ghostly, we end up with more questions than answers. But for a long period of time, that was typically how people were buried, was in a wedding dress or something in white or something like that. My grandma was buried in her wedding dress. Um, only time I ever saw her in it. Uh, but she insisted that she be buried in it. When she was alive, she'd talk about when she died. I'm going to be buried in my wedding dress. She talked about death a lot, which was always kind of weird. Um, but uh, she did. She went through with it. 
So that could be part of the answer to that. I want to be buried wearing plaid. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. But uh, you're probably going to have to ask your kids to take that one up, hopefully, uh, because I don't want to be around when that happens. Um, uh, So hopefully your kids can uh, can follow through on that one or they'll listen to the podcast and go. Mom said when she was eight, she wanted to be buried in plaid someday. So like my Nancy Drew plaid shirt and then just jeans. I think that's a that's appropriate for you. Yeah, I think that'd work. It work. Give you uh, uh, Baron Frogger in there with you. Maybe even Green Blanky. And Green Blanky. An oval. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to keep my Baron Bunny. You can have Green Blanky. Green Blanky was mine that I passed down to you. You see, as Aspies, we have this great connection to objects. <laughs> and we sometimes consider them more valuable than human lives. Um, <laughs> Every day, I consider Baron... Well, actually, Baron Frogger more important than human lives. <laughs> Not all human lives. But Not all. Yeah, but, uh, but you know, we, we got these connections to things, and that's just kind of how we work. Memories. Uh, but, people. yeah, but I like, uh, I, I still have my bear and bunny, and believe it or not, they're in our storm room, uh, and, and you take yours down there, too, and we have storms, but it's just like the irreplaceable objects. What do I have? My childhood stuffed animals, because they were like, and, and as an adult, yes, I know they are stuffed animals, but as a child and for a good portion of my childhood, they were my best friends, not having siblings, not having this or that. So you get this emotional connection to them that other Aspies can know what that is. Um, and, and I'm sure there's some folks who are uh, the neurotypicals who can feel that too, but it's something that we tend to gravitate towards is, is that and it's it's normal in our circle. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. To share your real ghost story with us, we would love to hear it. Let's go over to a caller and hear a real ghost story. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Briskies. It's Lex from Bellingham, Washington. I've called in uh, two stories now, both of which you have shared. Thank you so much for giving us this outlet. I think I speak for everybody when uh, I say that we appreciate y'all. Anyways, so my last story was about um, a local ghost hunt. I went with a a paranormal investigator in Bellingham um, where I lived, and it was my first ghost hunt. I think Harper express some excitement over that, how she would love to do it one day. Well, we went on another one, um, just me and two of my buddies uh, that hadn't been in this area before. Um, One of them is a massive skeptic, and another one is into the paranormal like I am, but hadn't been to the area. So I decided to take them without um, some sort of investigator. Uh, I just kind (laughs) of led them to the spot where I had gone on this investigation and kind of knew where I myself had experienced some activity. So we went into um, this little um, nature walk trail area in Fairhaven, which is a little historical site uh, in Bellingham. Um, That's where we investigated last time. And I had my first uh, investigative experiences there. Anyways, um, so I take the boys with me into the woods and we're walking down the trail uh, that's known to have activity. 
And we, I told them, I didn't tell them much. I just told them that um, to let your eyes adjust, try not to use lights as much as you can. So your eyes could adjust to see in the dark without, you know, there being any light interference. So we kept our flashlights off. We walked in pretty deep. And right off the bat, just as I had done when I went on my first uh, hunt there, um, started seeing a bunch of shadow, um, like shadow figures, like moving along the edge of the trail. You could see them. It looked like a person was kind of walking along the edge of the trail in and out of the trees. Um in the dark along the trail and you could just barely see it but there was no question about it you can tell there's something there so um they started seeing that sort of thing i saw it as well um we went deeper into the trails and we started hearing things moving along in the bushes naturally there are a lot of animals so we were um kind of waving that off quite a bit. Um, we saw a set of eyes and we were like, that's definitely coyote. So I'm not going to say everything we experienced was paranormal because there were definitely like little coyote or something kind of stalking us while we were out there. Um, that wasn't a big deal. So we had to definitely be careful to not jump to quick conclusions, assuming everything that we heard or saw was in fact paranormal. Um, we were very careful to debunk whatever we did experience. Um, I want to say probably the creepiest part that night was being pretty far away from any, uh, like traffic noise being far out enough from a roadway or anywhere where there were houses to know that we were truly alone out there. Um, we started hearing <laughs> a baby crying. And we were just walking along, and we swear we heard a baby crying in the woods, and that was really that really got to me. Um, and it really freaked the guys out, and they were trying to run out of there. And I I don't like to run. I that's not what I do when I'm investigating. I stand my ground, and I just slowly kind of leave the area in a respectful manner because you never know what running could do as far as uh, it being offensive or anything like that so I, I try not to do that um, but we definitely were hearing a baby crying out in the woods and we could not figure out where it was coming from we were out in the middle of the woods about 10 a 10 minute hike in from any sort of road um, by this riverbed and that was something we just could not figure out so that was something creepy we also hung out on this bridge that I just personally do not like. Anytime I'm on that bridge or coming up to that bridge or walking away from that bridge, I just have the worst sort of stomach pain. And of course, I was experiencing that. Um, so it's definitely an interesting place. At the time, we didn't have any equipment like I had on my first investigation, but it was kind of cool to just go and use our bodies and um, our vision in the dark to kind of see what we can um, definitely saw some movement and things you can explain so truly a neat neat place in my town um, I would love to eventually get maybe a voice recorder like we had last time and um, maybe some K2 meters and 
see what more we could get. Um, I will call back. I do have a story about a abandoned insane asylum down south that I've been to a couple times. We definitely have some experiences there. Um, and I have a picture that I would like to show you with that story. So I will probably write that one in so I can attach the photo. Anyways, thanks again, guys. Appreciate what you do. Um, sorry if the story was a little long. Hope you guys have a great day. Thank you. Bye. A baby cry in the woods. Mm-hmm. Well, what I would be thinking in that moment, oh, it's this helpless little child. It's probably lost or something. I should probably help it. Sure. Because what else are you supposed to do when you hear mm-hmm. a baby cry in the woods at night? Yeah. Because sure, it's going to be scary and you're not going to know, okay, where it's coming from and why is it doing this? Why is there a baby in the woods? Yeah. But you're thinking, well, is there a human being who went and abandoned their child? And is this how long has this child been there? Uh, and you think of all those possibilities of just horrendous human behavior that could lead to a baby being in the woods. And, and you're going to operate on that until you realize maybe there's no baby in the woods, but you're hearing it. The thing that I would say, and, and I give her a lot of credit for going and saying, you know what, we try and debunk everything, you know, as much as we can, because that's what you want to do. You want to eliminate, you don't want to dismiss, but you want to eliminate things that you can prove are not paranormal. The crying in the woods is an interesting thing because there are many animals when they cry that are wild that do sound very similar to a child crying um, or a baby crying. But it's it's kind of in the territory where it's kind of a gray area where it's like, yeah, that could be a raccoon, but it could also be a child. And you're not going to know until you actually physically see it. And what I would be thinking, like, oh, it must be lost. Mm-hmm. It might have just got lost and mm-hmm. I should probably help it. Well, not probably. I need to go and help it because yeah. I'm not going to let this child that's crying out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Or is the sound luring you to something that's going to get you hurt and get you into some sort of trouble? That's what many have felt when they hear that sound in the woods. They want to help. And then sometimes they get out there and there's no baby. But there's other dark things out there waiting for them. So it's uh, it's a scary prospect. I mean, there's nothing, I, I think, I mean, there, there's plenty of things that are scary, but I think one of the scariest things to me is being out in nature far enough off the beaten path by yourself. You have wind, you have the elements, you have the trees, you have, you know, animals, nature. You don't have people. You don't have sounds that normally would come from vehicles or machinery or man-made anything it's just you and nature when you start hearing sounds that shouldn't be heard in those settings it's weird and and it's like that uh, there shouldn't be a baby crying out here um you know sometimes voices things of that nature i haven't ever had these experiences but i've obviously heard many stories you have uh and and it's extremely unsettling. It's same with seeing things that shouldn't be there as well. If you're seeing an entity or something, something that, that's unsettling to many, but but can be scientifically explained. And you got to see this once. 
uh, is uh, I, a horizon mirage of the land that, um, and we got to see it over Lake Michigan when we were uh, taking a car ferry called the Badger across. And when you get to the middle of the lake, Lake Michigan, if you're not familiar with it, if you're in another country, it's the size of a sea. As over in Europe or, or anywhere in that part of the world, it would just be called a sea. It's not, it wouldn't be considered a lake. These things are the size of seas, if not bigger than what seas are in many other parts of the world. They're massive. Um, and you're out there in the middle of this thing on what would be, you know, an ocean liner, but they go on the Great Lakes. And it's, you can see just over, just on the horizon, almost like a shadowy outline of, of a shore or buildings or, or uh, lighthouse, just things of that nature. But you know, you're not seeing the horizon because you can't because it's not there. And even with binoculars, you look out there and you cannot solidly see it. And you see these outlines of things and they're transparent and you can see through them. It's actually a reflection off of the water of, of the real shoreline that is, it's in, in just the right atmosphere, you can see it. And it's really neat. You've seen it. And and it's it's very compelling. People have that happen to them in the desert too sometimes where they're out there that, oh, there's a mirage of a city. Yes, indeed there is. But that city is hundreds of miles away, and somehow our atmosphere creates this optical illusion that that produces this visualization. And it's amazing. It's not paranormal, though. It's it's one of the natural you know wonders that our world can create, and that's why we always want to try and and explain, if possible, is there a logical way that this could be explained? Although strange, and we're not used to it. Is there a logical, possible logical way? And that's a good way of looking at it. But sometimes there just is no logical way to explain things. And they're happening and we don't know why. And that's what makes it paranormal. Yes. And mirages, I think when we went to on the Badger to mm-hmm. see the mirages, well, the illusion that we saw on the ship, that was a. That was pretty cool. Yeah, you'd never seen that before. Many people had never seen it before that were up there because I kept getting people at, what is that over there? What is that? Like, And I explained to them what it was, and it's a phenomenon that happens. And if you do it regularly, you'll see them more frequently. But it's 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 the curvature of the earth. It's the light. It's the reflection. It's all of those all playing together. And you need the right atmosphere to do it. You need the right type of day to do it because it doesn't happen all the time. But when you see it, it's it's pretty cool. It's something definitely, you know, to check off your box in life of, I got to see that once. And that was pretty cool. It's amazing what uh, what our atmosphere, what our earth is, uh, is capable of. That is going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. EPP, as I call them. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month gets you access to all of our bonus content and helps keep us on the air. Sign up for a year membership and get one month free. Again, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time for Harper and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening. Lucky. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.